podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Afternoon. A bit aggressive, though, wasn't it? Afternoon. It is definitely the afternoon. All right. Yeah. yeah. Joe Smith. Ronaldo When's the Brown. cut-off point for the afternoon? What? As to when it becomes evening? Yeah, I becomes think evening. five. Approaching that now. Finishing work. That's yeah. when telly changes. So subjective. No one says, I'll meet you at six. I'll meet you <laughs> in the afternoon when 7.45. No. No. But no, no one says, I'll see you tonight. What time are you meeting at three? Don't happen either, does it? No, I think it's right. five. I think five. Yeah. 4.55. Depends on the time zone, isn't it? No. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, what are we talking about today, Steve? Hopefully not United. I think we have to, don't we? <sighs> wow. We need to address Where do we what's, start? what's going on. And we need to talk about... Just how bad it is at the minute. Did you, I mean you, you didn't see the game live, did you? No. You've seen it since. Yeah. I haven't even spoke to you about the game. So, and you know, no, he tried to earlier, and I said we're doing a pod. Yeah. Just yeah I can't no, talk. Yeah. I, I I can't bear to talk about it twice. Because so now you know, literally, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's one of them in terms of perspective, isn't it? Because I had to proper look at a detailed watch back of the game as well because I didn't get to watch it live mm. and couldn't imagine what it would felt like to watch it. You did watch it live. Yeah. So. On the phonometer, what what you were doing at three o'clock on Saturday? Where where'd you put yourself? At three, bang on kickoff. No, no, between three and five. Then where's your phonometer? It went like this. It went. Oh, we're not playing well. Oh, we're a bit better. Oh, they've scored. Oh my god. Oh, oh no. Oh, they've scored. Oh, they've scored. Like, and then it went. Oh, we're gonna win, and we've lost immediately. That was a weird bit. So like, basically, it was terrible. Ronaldo's on loan, so we sent Ronaldo on loan. Yeah. To Ramsbottom. Yeah. Dave <laughs> sent him on loan. <laughs> This is nice. You're like a Netflix subscription. Everyone does just one and then everyone just like using the same password. I, like, thought, so I, I literally thought he was going to go down. I literally thought he was going to go down a different route with that. You know, like, you I was getting passed around. Like. No, you're, like, you're, you're subscribed here, yeah, but only one person's paying the bill and you're on about eight different people's laptops. That's what's going on at the minute. What's even funnier is we were short of players uh, last weekend, mm. weren't we? So I messaged their manager and was like, he's still signed on for us. You can mm. dual register. Uh, yeah, do you mind if we have him? He was like, have him. <laughs> See, that's all right. Um, Wasn't available though. We could have we could have done with you in. in so your phonometer. So he was playing for Sintelins. Yeah. Where was your no. phonometer? Which is only known for rugby league usually. See, where's my phonometer? I was I was getting a five 0 drubbing from Berry. So not not high. And not high. yours was all right. Ours was good. Yeah, I had a good time. Playing Berry's first team. What's left of them? Let's talk about United then. The phenomenon being basically on the floor at the minute. So yeah. What so did you make of the game? Because I haven't spoke to you about it. I actually, th- I actually thought because I knew the result going into it, I had the opportunity to watch this with a critical eye of knowing the result, which mm. I don't usually like, but it was what I had. I actually thought the first half we were pretty good. Yeah. Did you not? But the, my worry was we're just getting passed through. Like yes. the press is terrible. Yes. The, we well, the press. Up. Is there even a press? Yeah, that, that was what I was going to get. I was going to be like, the press is terrible. That's uh, Calling it a press is a bit, you know. Mm. My first note, which I think I made after about 100 seconds, was we can't play out. Mm. And that has been a, a note that I write. I might as well copy and paste it. Like, we're terrible playing out. The, I spoke, I did a little video earlier, and one of the things that I, I went a bit in depth on was was us playing out and why we play out. And, and the numerical superiors you have when playing out because it's always going to be the worst case scenario is going to be 11 versus 10. Mm. So you're always a man up. Now you want to get one man up. You ideally want to get two men up. And United, Pogba came deep, good. And it was Lindelof and Maguire, sound. And you've got your keeper there as well if you needed. And it was four versus two. And we couldn't play through two people with four players. That's mental. Mm. I would expect lads of you know, our level to be able to do that, let alone good ball playing centre halves and Paul Pogba. Mm. And even Matic no, is decent on the ball for a, you know someone of his size and his style. Tillman, though, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Nah. Do you know what? When you're talking about these issues, these issues we've been talking about for a while. When we're speaking about our inability to play out, the lack of kind of structure in that way we press, and when it comes to teams being good at pressing and that sort of thing, if we're not very good at it, that's usually does go beyond the personnel issue and that's just whether your team is drilled to do it in a specific way. Mm. Obviously, you need your players to go out there and kind of put it into practice. But stuff like pressing from any kind of football experience, if that's drilled and worked on consistently and players know their jobs and know what what they do, then that shouldn't be the issue. And when it comes to playing out, I think that could be more down to personnel, the fact that you've got 
a lot of blame has been placed at, at McFred and McTomney and I just said them co- combined anyway and their inability to kind of receive the ball sometimes they don't show and their ball playing ability naturally but we had Matic and Pogba playing on a weekend this and is they, the worry for me and that's the worry because they're actually better footballers mm. than Fred and McTominay but the same issues are also what does it come come down to is there no patterns being worked on um, tactically is there, no, is there no kind of fluidity is it just basically you go out there as a two and try and play is there no type of order and like kind of rhythm or mm. that the way they play there's no kind of style or identity there it's something different week and week out with United and that is the problem like we don't know what team we're going to get, how we're going to play. And that is where the problem lies. And I think, obviously, you do criticise the players, people are criticising the management, but it's hard not to criticise the management in a way when you're seeing these kind of things crop up week in, week out, because those are the things that should be coached and should be worked on, especially with the players that we have at our disposal. Because we looked, getting carved open by a Leicester side who have been good Mm. over the past couple of seasons, but they've been way off that pace this season. And... We've literally been turned over by him realistically. And that is very, very telling. And it is telling because we got a little bit goody with how we started the season when we weren't playing against the strongest opposition when the teams around us were. So I think we kind of had a little bit of a false sense of a bit of naivety. I'd looking say on at that it, though, but those, um, those teams that we played, yeah. they're below us in the table. They're your mid-table filler but those are some seriously awkward to play against teams. Yeah. And I think that's the difference is because actually you look at how United have been under Oli, we're generally a little bit better against those teams that are more likely to come for us than we are the, that mid-table guff that we seem to drop points against. It's true, but then if you look at those performances rather than the result, I know it's a results game, but if you look at the performances, they haven't been good either. No, because like, yeah. remember, Because remember West Ham, yeah. it was a Lingard special at the end mm-hmm. to kind of win the game. West Ham did more than enough in that game to probably but beat again, us or draw. Now, but like I'm, and then I'm looking at the Wolves game as well. We had a little bit of like last-ditch clearances like, from Wambasaka, like, Villa. It's I, like I, the, I think the problem with that is, and whilst I agree the performances mm. have been bad generally, which is why we're dropping points. But it's not like we're playing well, we're playing shit and winning every week. You can also just look at the results. But mm. you know, for for instance, yesterday I thought I thought um, was it when Saturday, whenever it was. Brentford should have beat Chelsea. True. When you look at the performance, Chelsea had one shot on target. Yeah, Chelsea one, one, weren't good. Brentford were good. So it's not. I don't think it's fair to like. You know, that's United versus Wolves. You know, it's the same thing. But, and, but and Chelsea uh, should have beat Villa Chelsea either. have got points. Chelsea have got the points though. So I think it does just come back to results yeah. because obviously the performances are what lead to results. But sometimes you play badly and win. But United are playing badly and winning, playing badly and losing, playing badly and drawing. We tend to just play badly and <laughs> yeah. see what happens. That's the problem, isn't when, it? Because when you was making the first one, I'm just referring to kind of variance. You know, like you can say we we play in badly, our performances are bad, but we're still collecting points. That's all well and good. But like you've said, if your performances are consistently bad game after mm-hmm. game after game, that won't be the case. Yeah, It's literally nigh on impossible to play badly for what? 10, 15 games in a row and win them game, win yeah. most of them games. Well, you're, obviously lose, yeah, you're obviously going to lose more than you win. Yeah, You can play well can't ride, and not look. win a league. You can't play badly and win one. And that's what we're trying to do at the minute. We're trying to be yeah, like, sir. we're still tight contenders, but we're playing badly every week. I don't think we are anymore. No, I, no, I don't, I don't I, think I, we I don't are think either, we are. but Matic was talking about it the other day. You know, that's that's the conversation. It's, it's going to be difficult. Um, and that's if we turned it around now, which it doesn't seem like we're going to. You're going to need... All of them, other three teams. I mean, Liverpool look ridiculous at the minute. Mm-hmm. Sickeningly good. Like, do you know the sort of good where you go, ah, oh, I thought we were, we were past that. Yeah. Well, yeah. they've just gone, all those players that made us really good, well, they're back and we're really good again. Yeah. And they're all in form. You know what it comes yeah. to? ridiculous. Amino is even getting hat tricks. That's how you know it's bad. You know what's interesting, though, with the, with the Brentford one and how well they've done, and mm-hmm. you're using a comparison of Chelsea probably deserving to lose against Brentford. It's just the way that, as you've described, they've been a very awkward and strong side to play because mm. we spoke about the kind of unstoppable force that Liverpool have apparently been, well, not even apparently, they look to be. They dropped points against Brentford a few yeah. games ago. They've Brent- been brilliant, so, Brentford. So they've been brilliant. So Brentford have been class. I think, before well, this it, weekend, I think the point was more on Chelsea, wasn't it? Because yeah. Chelsea shouldn't yeah. have beaten Villa, did, and convincingly did somehow. Yeah. They shouldn't have beaten Brentford, did. Like They've had some of these games where they're picking points up despite poor performances. They've also had some really good performances where they've blown teams yeah. to pieces. United aren't doing either. We're having, we had a, some good performances against Leeds and Newcastle who are tailor-made to play us. Mm-hmm. 
And since then, it's been a proper shit show. So, I mean, we've got it in the title there. We've seen the club, I, I presumably from the people that are saying Ollie's safe for now, those people have got sources in the club. I'm guessing that's come from the club. How well, safe is it? See, going on. Seeing safe for now isn't safe, though, isn't it? Get, it's no, but it's ma- still a got football a manager is always automate. safe for now. Yeah, it's never, true. It's no like, one's ever safe constant, safe, yeah. are they? Do you want to read Fergie's book? I've read it, but years ago. He's when got first a proper dad joke in which I can see him laughing at as he writes it. And he's like, I think they should call every manager a temporary manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like a fossil in a cliffside that's there yeah. for 150 million years. It's just a proper dad joke off it. Yeah. It's yeah. true. You know what it is? People naturally, I think it's, it'll sound a bit deep and philosophical, but human nature, people don't like change. Mm. People often don't like change. So obviously we've had Ollie for a few years now and I would believe that a large majority of people like Ollie, wanted him to do well. Are in his corner, he's a legend, he's at a club, he's got, he, he understands the United DNA, and that's something that was missing with every manager we had before him, post Sir Alex Ferguson mm. era. He's done a lot to progress us, and he's got us to a certain stage, and it's something I was speaking to Steve about earlier. It's not too far-fetched or negative to say that everyone and anyone in any profession has a certain ceiling. And it might just be a situation where Oli has reached his He's, incre- he's basically got us from a much, much... As people think that it's an absolutely shocking situation we're in right about now, you've got to think about where we were mm-hmm. Some in, it, a few years ago with Mourinho and Moyes and and Van Hal in some of the stages with them and managers. The club's he's, in he's a, such different place. It's now. in a different place. We've, we've yeah. gone... We'll be back on track. We've got a flow going towards the right direction. But we've gotten to the stage now after so many years without winning silverware and still looking back at Sir Alex Ferguson's last season, the last time we won the league. And we're kind of urging for to find that, regain that bit of success that we need to because we're in that dangerous little period now where the years go by and by and by. And then before you know it, it's two decades have gone by and you've not mm-hmm. won the title. And then it's that's... I mean, it's talk sort of to Arsenal like, about that. Talk to Arsenal, Liverpool, Liverpool that. Like, it's happened before. Black, but, you know, anyone yeah. who's... Uh, I know they're not a, a, a big title <laughs> winning team, but they won the league. And then you're not going to win again for exactly, 30 years. Exactly. So that's why I personally think you've got to look at what he's done in his tenure. He's, 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 he's built a squad. Mm. He's got us back on the right track. He's instilled the United DNA back into the club. But I think he's coming into a situation now where now that the expectations have grown so high with the squad we, that we do have and the expectations of United to be challenged again, especially, he's been found wanting in a couple of occasions recently. And it seems to be the writing on the wall could be there for him, especially with this period that we have going into Atlanta, which will be a tough game, Liverpool. This period's lo- looking dire, and if he doesn't come out at the end of it, oh. if you come out at the end of that without an uptake in performance and results, then something's going to have to change because with the squad now, there's no excuse for us not to be competing or playing better than we are. And you've then got to look beyond the players because the players are there. And you've got to look at the coach and you've got to look at the management. You've got to look at Oli because some of the decisions that he's made in certain games in terms of selection and even if you're looking at the little tactical and coaching stuff with the, where United play, there's no identity, there's no style. There's, we're not good at in possession, not good right, out of possession. It's that, looking like a bit of a mess. So you need something to change. People focus on that identity yeah. and style for me far too much. Yeah. I like having a style of play. I, I, you know, I like having something that would be easily identifiable, but a style of play in and of itself doesn't get you any more points. Bielsa's got a hell of a style of play. He'll struggle to break into the top 10 with Leeds because of the, the limitations of where they are as a football club. And him having a style of play has not got them any more points. The performances that he's got out of his players that might come from having a style of play but it's not certain. Sean Dyke's got a style of play. Tony Pulis had a style of play. Van Gaal had a style Louis of play. Louis Van Gaal had a style of play. These defined styles of play don't necessarily mean anything. I can, like the amount of arguments I had with people, and it probably isn't the same people. It just feels like a weight of people. I'd rather lose and play exciting football. Cool, introduce Ollie. We're losing some games, but he does generally go for it. He doesn't ever really sit back on yeah. and just try and defend. And they go... But he's losing these games and you're just thinking, okay, no, you can't win. I think Ronaldo makes some good points and I I can't and won't refute 99% of them. 
the the lack of identity and style of play. I don't really care on that, to be honest. Maybe it's a nice I, thing. I think I think the way I see it is because I'm looking at the likes of Chelsea, City, and Liverpool, and all three of them teams are our direct rivals and teams that we're yeah, competing with, and we've got players. Our squad should be competing with them three. Yeah, we should. And they've so, all got better midfields, though. And ultimately, for me, the got style of play is is driven by your midfield. That's and when we've got a non-progressive, poor ball playing quality midfield, everything that you try and do to be a possession based dominant football team suffers mm -hmm. because you're trying to play it through someone like a Fred, who isn't up to the standard of it. And then you've got, um, oh, can I just address something as well? I said Fred was elite. I'm talking at the time. I was talking about him and non-league players and Premier League players, and they're literally, by definition, anyone who plays in the Premier League is elite. Elite doesn't mean world class. No. I think people sort of conflate the two. Elite means you are. He literally playing, plays for fucking yeah. Brazil. He so plays it, for Brazil and he's played what two hundred games for Man United. Yeah, like there's elite a doesn't mean you're the best mean. in the world. The amount of people who fucking took that out of context. I should have known better. Because mm. I know the game. Yeah, I, think I think it's the context of people just thinking that he, sh he probably shouldn't have the games he should have for United. The patterns is something that yeah. worries me. Our defensive mm. stability really is something that worries so, me. But no, when you say patterns, patterns, it's kind of goes entwines with with identity and style. Not necessarily in, in a sense because because you can I almost run some sort of patterns as as like set plays almost. Yeah, like. But, um, I think Rio was talking about one that we was on about the other day where he said they had uh, basically an up, back and through that they used to do with Van Nistelrooy. Uh, it'd be Van Nistelrooy would play it back to Scolzi, he would spin in behind and they would make one or two passes and try and cut across uh, the rear centre half for him to find the ball. Those are things he said that they drilled in training. Now, I don't see those drills. You used to see something akin to that with Luke Shaw and Rashford on the left-hand mm -hmm. side um, with the two patterns of movements that they would make. But outside of those two, do you ever see what looks like drilled movements from United? And I think that's a valid criticism, as is well, I see some those... of our shit set pieces, despite having a, a set piece coach coming in. But I see those drilled movements and kind of flows in possession and and just things that look repeated, things that look, um, what the word is, they look... Like not not predictable, but they look like they are kind of manufactured on so the training drilled. ground. Second nature, Se second nature, second nature, and drilled. And I see that when I watch Chelsea. I see that when I watch Liverpool, and I see that when I watch City. When I was talking about style, I see a distinct way of play for every single one of those teams, and we don't have one. And obviously, I, you're talking about results, and that is true. Results over style, I guess. So you don't care in, unless you win. But I feel like as a footballer, as a player, you want to know what your job is, what you're doing, and knowing that it's the same every single week. I don't feel like that is the case at United. I think sometimes the players are wondering what what is going to happen game to game, how are we playing, where am I going to be put? How much, and, go on. No, how go much on. do you think it matters that like we don't know what our first team is? I don't think anyone could sit here and say, when everyone's <laughs> fit, here's who starts. I think Golly knows it. Do you? Yeah. Do you think, and what, I, I don't do think, think Pogba knows it? it? I don't know if Pogba's in it necessarily. Well, that's what I'm saying because he's on the left-hand side. He was our most creative player. Then he's back in the six. Then people don't want McFred, but now people do want McFred because we saw how uh, dysfunctional it was. Isn't it like who's? Let me show you something. Go on, then. Um, and you can make the call on whether we put this on here or not. But I'll show you the detail I go into. Okay. With what we we play as. While you're looking at that, let me just read a couple of super chats. Uh, Peter Kelly saying, "Do you think the Glazers are looking to sell and want to keep Oli because of the Norway government pension fund are the richest company in the world, three times richer than PIF, and think they'll buy?" No, I don't think that personally. Um, uh, my amateur said, "Surely you can't compare the style of play of Pulis, etc., when they're more likely to have worse players to execute that style of play. A style of play with class players is something formidable." I agree with him. That's what. I was but kind we did have a style of play with class players under Louis Van Gaal, yeah, and it wasn't formidable. Yeah, that's it was what, predictable. But that's what I was kind of thinking. That was kind of what I was thinking of when when Steve was speaking about Leeds. I think you can't compare Leeds and United because it's different. Maybe Bielsa's style of play, as you described it, I know we've overused that term. It seems now would work when if he had the money and the players at the disposal that could carry out his philosophy at a, that would obviously better compete at the Premier League level. So it's hard to come. Sometimes it's like, what's, what's the word? Like pears and apples. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a bit of a difference, but I don't know. Vion Batia with a super chat as well. If we are replacing yeah. Oli, there needs to be a plan behind it. We'll get to this in a minute because I want to talk about this. If we get a manager for short term, we may win something, but also undo what Oli, what good work Oli has done. On that, I've got a lot to say on that. You yeah. have a look at that yeah. and I'll answer this. So that's what we go through okay. on a match day. 
Um, people always seem to point to Chelsea as um, how short-termism works. They forget yeah, how like much money Chelsea spend to maintain that short-term success. And also, that short-term success is extremely short-term because what Chelsea are doing, they've not won a back-to-back -back title since Jose Mourinho, who was the manager that won it, and he won both of those mm. titles. They haven't been successful consecutively. The only other manager outside of Sir Alex that's won back-to-back -back <laughs> Premier League titles is Pep and Jose. And obviously, he's been at a, a club for a sustained period under some of the most intense bananas sort of um, financial investment that anyone's ever seen. Yeah, I do get it. You know, when you, we're going back to the point of Van Hal and, and Van Hal and Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the argument would be as right now, if you look at the squad that Van Hal had and the squad that Mourinho had, the squad that we currently um, Ollie currently has at his disposal is better than both. Yeah, them but squads. the problem with that is, is they still spent loads of money. It's not, it's not Ollie's mm. fault. They wasted money on Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger. Nah, I know. I did give, I did give him credit for the fact that he, that's, yeah. there's a great squad that's been built, and obviously we've probably been hard done by by the fact we haven't had a, a decent centre midfielder or CDM being brought in. Mm. But the way of it's, it's how you equate it. And it's expect, it's expectation, and that's yeah. what. You look that's at the team now, and, it, and under the minute. that's what just sent that through to live producer. Give us a thumbs up if you're ready for it. Um, the bottom line is right now. The bottom line is however you want to like reason it or sugarcoat it is we're underachieving. Yeah, and then you've got to think about why are we underachieving. Uh, just the bit of the with this with the I think the, the two sets of players next to each other just to show like yeah. defensive transitions and stuff. Um, the so why are we underachieving? Well, the th that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I think there has to mm. be something mentioned with with coaching. No one's sitting so, here going, "Come, do it as a window, and you can scroll it." Then, do it as a mini window. No one sat here saying, "The coaching's brilliant. What's going wrong?" Because we can all see that mm. there are problems. That the players don't either seem to know what to do or aren't willing to follow instruction. Which I don't think either of them are particularly healthy for a club. I think he can come out of this. I think he can come out of the other yeah, side. Yeah, well, that, well I want to talk about other options maybe in a little bit or yeah. the, 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 the plan on that because we, we did want to mention that. How, how is he, how can he come out of this? Without, because it can just click. It, and it's as simple as that. Sometimes it can just click and go, oh, that's what we, said. That's what we were jabbing at. Mm. And, you know, uh, okay, there's some serious things. Like the playing out for me is, is particularly egregious because I think that that's something that's should be miles better than it is. Mm. Um, and maybe that's, maybe we suffer because De Gea's not got the biggest kick in the world. Maybe they know that we can't go as long as mm. some keepers could. So because we're not um, often effectively going direct from goal kicks, because we'd like to try and play out, they go, well, let's just get really high because they're not a threat. I don't feel like we should be trying to play long anyway. I don't think. Yeah, but it's not about like just booting it and hoping. You look at what Edison and Allison do at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. They create that. chances you from. You have to have yeah. your Six options. If you're a threat at both, yeah. a team has to prepare for both, mm. which means that if you catch them unawares, you're, you're going to get yeah. a, a better result from it. But if they know, oh, they're not going to go long, just squeeze right up on them. And then, we've not, and then we've not got the ability and wherewithal to kind of play out from, from pressure. Mm. And that, especially when Harry Maguire is injured or being yeah. shit like and he it, was. And if they're going to yeah. squeeze you and focus you so they can uh, send you on area. All right, so th this is what I give uh, Paddock FC as our instructions. These are our tactical instructions that are on the screen. So this was our game at weekend. So scroll down. You don't need the red. Go to the red one if you want. So this is our result, our opposition's results. We speak about that. Defence. You can skip the defence one, actually, because we were just asking questions and speaking. If you go to the attack, go to the number five. So that's what we're looking to do in attack. Obviously, there's not a lot of tactical information. There's just mm. words. Patience, work the ball around. We're looking to pull defenders out of position, use width, one, two touches. Uh, go into the next one, the focus. So our focus, we're looking for a tight free midfield, dominate the ball, rondo and switches essentially draw people into one area and then you can move them around to the different four quarters of the pitch. Forward free, all attacking the box and get forward. Uh, score the next one is just the starting 11. Uh, the next one is our set piece routine. The, the thing is though, like we see this and if you keep going through, you can see it and so people can see what we're talking. But we see, we, it's, 
these coaches that we've got at Manchester United have all got a UEFA Pro license, are all as qualified as you can possibly be as a coach. Yeah. They don't. They know what a press is. They know how an effective press works. Whether they want to implement it or not, they have learned it and they know it. These players have played with presses. These players have played without presses. Like, how have we got it that Cristiano Ronaldo is okay? I understand he can't. He, that's not what he does. But we've got Bruno pressing by himself. We've got Pogba pressing by himself. Someone pressing by themselves isn't a press. Exactly. It's being out of position. And I see that. I see that so much. So, about so what's going on? Because they're not. So, they're not thick. Right, they so know football. They're they're fo- like people right. on Twitter. We're sat here going, "This isn't working. Why are we pressing one at a time?" They they know that. What so what's going wrong? That's what I don't understand. It's because, it's because Where what, is this disconnect? It's because what I said to um, me and Steve. We were speaking about this before, saying that how when you look at teams that were successful at United. You've got those flair players, the likes of what we've got now in terms of Sancho and Bruno and Ronaldo and Pogba, these players that are, I think you can actually describe them as luxury players a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of the way they play. They're not exactly workhorses, the likes of Jason Park and Darren Fletcher and mm. maybe even poor, the likes of Tom Cleverley in mm. that category in terms of, they're not blessed with amazing ability, but they're definitely competent players. But they do a job and he worked hard. I think even we had that in with Under Herrera a little bit as well. And um, I think his. I think I think I think his. I think Herrera's loss is is when a lot of stuff went wrong because I think he did a job that is required within this team, and it seems like we haven't got it. And it's and I don't know if there's. That's what I'm saying. Is I think we've got too many stars to fit in a team, and it's thrown off the balance a little bit. There's a little bit of imbalance in terms of the work rate and structure surrounding it, and that's where you need someone above him and this is when it comes the manager comes in to kind of set things in place set a structure and set an attitude and and like a little uh, almost a procedure almost of if we're going to win games you need to work for the team you need to have that personality you need to kind of project it onto the team a little bit mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stars that in this team and there's a lot of egos that you got to deal with and it's all well and good just throwing all your best players on the pitch. I think some. I think we've got to a point now where, because it's not working, you might have to ruffle some feathers, and it's about whether he's strong enough to do that. And I'm not sure, because if you've got the likes of Leicester, who are not even great form, running free, it looked like Newcastle gave us a game, Wolves probably could have beat us. And um, we weren't, obviously, we lost to Villa. Everton basically gave the, the, the game away. It can go on and on. Villarreal, we won the game, but we probably shouldn't have. And... There's basically, you said you're waiting for it to click. Unfortunately, no, the, time, I think the time's not click. there. I think it yeah. could click. But it's about, it's about when, though, because as you've said, he's unborrowed time and time's running out because people will then argue, obviously, he's been here a few years now, no silverware. How long are you going to wait for it to click? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and another yeah. thing on that yeah. as well is, you talk about yeah. workhorses like Jason Park, like Dan Fletcher. Yeah. They didn't play every game. Certainly, Jason Park didn't play every game. He was yeah. used sparingly. Every, bi- every, bi- every big game. <laughs> yeah, sparingly when we needed him. But he wouldn't have played against, you know, he might have played Southampton, but he's not playing against Everton at home or Leicester and Villa and Wool. You know, the, he might do it in some of them, but they're not his like speciality games. You look at like Fred, for instance, against City last season away, I thought one of his best games, uh, and, and in, against PSG, some of his best games. So Fred is almost. Not the same quality, but you, you, he's a workhorse of a player, isn't he? Doesn't really have that top end quality, but he'll he'll run his legs off. McTominay, you could maybe say the same thing. Like Dan James, you could have said the same thing. We have got those players. For me, I think the the the, the problem is coming from, like you said, the luxury players. When they're luxury players, but they ain't providing much luxury at the minute. Do you know what I mean? Like w- w- like. Paul Pogba's a difficult one. Ronaldo's a difficult one. Uh, I think that there's a lot of questions that need to be asked about how we're fitting Ronaldo into the team. Not necessarily his fault, because you know what Ronaldo is, you know what you're getting. But we aren't fitting into fitting him into the team effectively. You know, and it's not working. And you also, know Bruno. Bruno's a, an issue in a team. If you want to, a lot of people want to see us change to four-three-three. I love four-three-three-three. I think it's the most uh, flexible and, and one of the, the best tactical formations you can have because of its adaptability to different things and different situations, and its ability to do all sorts. My headphones are winging out. Um, when you go to a four-three-three, you expect us to dominate the middle a little bit more. If you want to persist with Bruno in the team, I don't think you can play a four-three-three. I think you have to allow him to be the number ten in the team. 
that has got its um, benefits and it's also got some drawbacks depending on what you're you're looking to achieve and, and the personnel you're going to put around him. I don't think we've got the right personnel to play either the two or the three in midfield, unfortunately, right now. And we've got Bruno and Pogba, who basically different sort of variations of a similar role within a team. You're attacking creative midfielder, if you like. Now, one's very much more a 10, almost thinks he's a nine. One's a, a 10 that can play in an eight a little bit, um, but he's certainly not your Ander Herrera workhorse, McTominay style of number eight. He's very much a flair player number eight where everyone else does the running around him. That's Pogba, if, in case you were wondering. And then you've got Edison Gavani, who for me has been unreal as a United player should, if he was fit enough, play every single week for United, but he won't because Ronaldo's here. And as much as I love Cristiano Ronaldo, he ain't going to lead the line in that style for you. He's an excellent fox in a box. Might be the most foxiest, boxiest person that's ever been because he will get on the end of stuff. He will literally make things happen. I thought he made a lot happen, certainly in the first half against Leicester when there wasn't really anything on for himself. He didn't obviously manage to get anything away, but he was creating things out of next to nothing. Then you've got a bit of a mix-up because you're playing a lot of uh, wide forwards who are either centre-forwards in waiting, like um, Greenwood. Greenwood. You, you've got Sancho, who's not quite hit the ground running for us just yet, and I think he's got four or five gears he needs to get through. You've got Marcus, who's just coming back from injury. You've got this a bit of an over-prolifer. And do you know what? You've got Jesse Lingard, who probably deserves to start mm. on form. So you've got all this sort of like proliferation of what seems like the right stuff. It kind of reminds me in a big way, a little bit, of the mid-noughties Real Madrid team. Bit of a Galacticos-era team that's crying out for a Thomas Graveson or someone to just go, I'll do all your donkey work. Mm. You know, your Makaleli or Graveson sort of character which is not Fred, unfortunately. Well, but he's doing that role. I think you said it earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad state of affairs when he's so poor on the ball, but there is nobody better off the ball than him. What? You know, which is weird, though, because this is what's, this is what's doing my head in, because I'm looking at Fred as being incredibly poor in possession, to say the least. I've I did multiple research, and we've watched him count, countless hours, even beyond football game, like watching the live football matches. He's not great on the ball. He's meant to be in a team for his work rate and his defensive ability in a way that mm -hmm. he can write about the pitch. Occasionally when I'm watching Fred, I don't think he's even that great at that either. Mm. So it's so, so damning that when Fred doesn't play, we look 10 times more open when the job that he's meant to do, he's not amazing at it anyway, but he's better than the other players that we have to do it. Mm -hmm. And that shows you the, the sad state of affairs that United are in. And it, go, it go, goes to the point now where Manchester United Football Club have one clean sheet in 19 games. <laughs> right, That's it, so, the thing that so, I don't get with that is so, any like no manager, no matter who they are, or a team with yeah. no manager, that those players would have would be getting that or better with no manager. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't get any worse than that, does it? One in 19. That's basically we concede every game. I'm not like I don't understand how that is happening. I like <laughs> what the fuck is going on? We're at that point. We're at what the fuck because is going on? Because you know why? You know why? Because we're too easy to play against, and that's and that, that's sad to say, but we are. And I've said that for a while when I've watched. I think being a defender for United, especially in his current team, you can't afford to be less than an eight out of ten borderline world class player. Because <laughs> he's, he's, it's, it's, it sounds obvious. It sounds because, it, but I feel like you have to be so good. Oh, I'll just fuck it off. Go watch cricket. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because because the yeah. way that the way that we play, even when I go and watch games Old Trafford, when you let me go and watch it, it's all very like. <laughs> Hang on, let's verify that. I don't keep him in a fucking cage in here. That, he's, he's using yeah. my ticket when I've got to watch the baby. Yeah, like um, <laughs> it's basically. Please, a, can I go to Old Trafford? <laughs> no, stay right, there. Let's be, let's be. It's like because of our inability in midfield to kind of support and cover defensively mm -hmm. and sometimes the lack of ability to do that in the midfield. I feel like a lot of defending for United when it comes to Maguire, Varane, Wan-Bissak and Duke Shaw is they're being relied upon to do it all on their own, yeah. isolated, 1v1, and be great that way. 
That's a very, very hard ask when you're playing against elite players every week. Yeah. And like some of the, some of the centre backs that have won yeah. the league for City down the years, <laughs> like Otamendi and Di, Di Michaelis win one, and like some of those. It's amazing what Fernandinho can do in it. Well, you know what I mean, but, like, like, but what I mean is, what like you said at the minute, we have to be great. The defenders have to be great individually, pretty much every game, because there's so much coming at them. We've talked yeah. about how shit it is. We've, we've established yeah. that for multiple different reasons: for coaching, for personnel, for. Also, just we're in a bad oh, form. You know on top I of glanced everything. at the comments. The amount of people just not hearing the conversation we've just had is insane. By Don't the worry way. about it. Um, we're talking about Oli. None of us are blind to the idea that this is probably the closest or the the most that the fans have maybe looked towards an, another manager. <laughs> I, I, to me, this seems the most discontented the fans have been since he took over. Under Oli. Yeah. yeah, fair. I think that's it fair was to very. Say. It was very bad for the Burnley game. Yeah, when was that? Uh, last first full season. Yeah, the two 0 loss. Two 0 loss. Old. Yeah, traffic. and then I think we had like Tottenham and City coming up. It was like January like, twenty twenty. I think he ain't getting out of this. Um, and they did. Yeah, but this for me has another step to it because for some of the it has a, almost an inevitable feeling about it at the mm. moment, which can turn around as you've said. But none of us are blind to the idea that Ollie might go at some point if it stays as it is. The Burnley or Villa. Burnley. And then we beat City and Spurs. There was a game where Jack Grealish scored against them, wasn't there? Oh, well, that was Villa, obviously. Um, none of us are blind to the idea that we may be coming to the end of, of Ollie here if things don't turn around. We're not, you know, naive to that. One thing I've said, and, and for some reason got criticism for, but again, you know, people are going to disagree with no matter what. I've got two concerns about sacking the manager. Well, one is, I mean, the main one, obviously, is maybe he can win something. The other, t- the other two are, who do we get next? Because that is just as important as getting rid of whoever's in now, even if they're not good enough. And number two is, we are once again putting the biggest decisions in Man United's future in the hands of people that have proven for a decade they aren't good enough at making those decisions. They've hired the wrong people at the wrong time. They've signed the wrong players. They've sacked the wrong... You know, they've given contracts out at the wrong time. They've given... And, and once again, Oli gets taken out of the picture, goes back up to Woodward, back up to the board... Find the next person, you know, make Manchester United win again for the it's next like five years. It's like jumping out of a plane without a parachute, and yeah. Find one on the way down. It's like, well, the plane's <laughs> on fire, so we've got to jump, but we haven't got a fucking parachute either. That's the situation it feels like we're we'll, in. The we'll find one on the way down. Yeah. Hope you're not going to look in there. No, we'll, we'll find one out there. But that's what I mean. So people talk about Zidane and Conte, and one of Zidane's biggest criticisms his whole career is you're relying on world class players, you don't have a style of play. So that argument may come back very quickly. Obviously, he's won a lot, so you know he could just be great. Conte is a short-term option. We all know that. Do you know it, that's my concern. What happens is if he goes? List? Do you know, do you know, so far, that's it. Ten hogs on the it, list. But again, people are saying they might have gone Barcelona. Yeah, they love a Dutch no, boy, don't they? Now I was going to say the issue with when it comes to recruitment of managers when at a club like United is that the manager almost, almost always has to have a significant amount of stature. Yeah, and there's not that many out there that are just knocking it's about. Got, you're looking at which, it, which is which is a problem because other clubs Perhaps. and other teams are, can be, are able to go and take a chance so, on an up and coming manager. But we, Callum, can we get yeah. like betting odds for next United? Manager? No, the, no, the favourite was as of earlier today. Andy Tate, yeah. Brendan Rodgers. Fuck all the way off. But the thing is, what the fuck is that about? Well, but yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. The next step, if it, you know, if if Ole was to go, is who replaces him and. That's that well, is a concern that's, for me. Yeah, that is. It has to that, be a concern. That, that is a concern, but it's also a concern what's happening at United of now. Of course, that's what I'm saying. You know the I mean? plane's it's, on fire. It's a it's a weight it's a weighted concern. You can't you can't completely look Next at it. Manager. I don't think not saying you are, but you can't completely look at it as or we're doing terribly now. Um, it's not great under Oli at the moment. We're not underperforming. Mm-hmm. Not doing as good as we should. But I don't want to change. But that basically, I'd rather that than change a manager without not knowing whether it will go well or not. No, but it's I not think about not knowing what whether it'll go well or not. It's picking someone that you think, based on their track record, has a, a good chance of doing the thing you want them to do. Which, if it's just which you is know, elevate United to being genuine title contenders. But yeah, it's true. It's true. But wouldn't there have been questions about Oli before he, before he was appointed yeah, with his, with, when he was performances at Moldor and um, Cardiff and Cardiff yeah obviously loads I mean, of there's, questions so there's loads him. of myths about what happened with him at Cardiff he actually had a better record than Malky Mackay who, who he took over like he didn't relegate them they were doomed um, he just didn't save them um, which again some managers are very good at that Neil Warnock's very good at doing things like that 
Um, Sam Allardyce is very good at doing things like that. I don't mean he's going to win the league. Like, I think if you give Pep Burnley, it's probably going down with him. There's certain managers who are the right tool for the right job, and keeping a team up is not the same as winning a league with someone. In a massive, massive way, it takes a whole different skill set. We were talking about that earlier, talking yeah. about you know, the teams that come up for that win the championship, having a real go at it, mm. get into the Premier League. A lot of them then play <laughs> poker with how long can they maintain that sort of momentum of being a front-facing team. They inevitably get five or six put past them, mm -hmm. shit it, and look to play a, a totally different style. I think that you're looking, you're right, there's got to be a stature attached to them. Um, Barcelona have got like a four or five sort of list of criteria and knowledge of the club is a big one. And that mm -hmm. can either be as a player or as a member of staff or even just being a part of that league a little bit. But you've got to know the club is something that they look to appointment on. So the, the current uh, next, the six uh, <laughs> most popular uh, odds on favourites to be next Manchester United manager should only get sacked, obviously. Number one, Brendan Rodgers. Number two, Pochettino. Number three, Conte. Four is Zidane. 16 is Nagelsmann, who just went to Bayern this season. And number, and, uh, number six at 16 wow. to one is Gareth Southgate, who, if you want to talk about inexperienced... Um, Not but, you know, they're, 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 they're the options there. He's fucking shit. Let's have it right. I mean, he's shit. Done, he's done good things with England. No, he's not. No, there's no yeah. chance I well, want to see Gareth Southgate no, anywhere not. near my football club. You can't he's say he's got an ordinary record with England. Oh. International football it is fucking wank and it's irrelevant to club football. I'm not saying I like Gareth Southgate to, to be, manage Man United. Obviously not, but he's no done chance. well with England. Um, yeah, we've done what we've got since. Yeah, he has. Come on, he got him to a final for the first though. time in 60 years. Well, he win it. Okay, but it's still better than anyone else has done. Anyway, Rebecca J. Very, Sullivan very good run. Easy run, though, to the final. <laughs> <laughs> Klopp was given a pass by the media last year so uh, when they had injuries, but when Ollie's not even had a fully fit squad once this season, surely that counts. The, I mean, the difference in injuries is pretty big, isn't it? They've, they had their best players, most of them injured. I don't think that's a, a fair time. comparison. I think every single squad deals with injuries throughout the season. It's part and parcel. I mean, we only had Pogba for half of last season. Yeah. Um, Scarlett Davio said, really not looking forward to the Liverpool game. Every season before... Uh, sorry, every season we do this before we, we go we on a run. Oli is at home. Oli uh, must be some kind of freak if he enjoys this. I'm not sure, I don't think he's enjoying things at the minute. Uh, Abhishek says, do you think Oli, with Ronaldo coming uh, after the season he started, is forced to adapt on the go and it's not working? That ex might explain why we need a tactical manager. We'll come back to that one. And on, ben, that's, that's not necessarily... Um, different they, they might be related like any manager we definitely changed our plans with Ronaldo we didn't know he was available and mm -hmm. we got him in a basically 10 hour window is what we did we f yeah. we figured it someone said this is available and we went oh fuck we can't let that go anywhere else let's get yeah. it we'll figure it out and maybe we've not figured it out yet I don't think we renewed Cavani in June thinking we was getting Ronaldo in September no I don't either uh, and Ben has said Pogba and Bruno can't play on the same team under these coaches but if not Oli, then who? Oli has shaped us back to normal, but the football is horrible. I mean, the results are horrible. And, the, and to be honest, at the minute, the football is horrible. Um, how safe do you think he is? That's the, that's the, the title of the podcast. How safe think, do you think he is? I mean, I was arguing with Rio about this this morning. I think he's safe as long as he's getting top four. You can oh, put no, your own no, spin no, on no, this. No, 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 Steve. No. See, he's done it straight away. Yeah. Not, not listened. Yeah. Um, you didn't ask me if I'd get rid of him. You didn't ask me what... I, I said, how safe achieved. do you think he Thank is? Thank you. That's what you... And I answered that question. Yeah. And he's just gone off in the woods somewhere. Probably like 99% of the comments, to be fair. So it's a good barometer. Um, I think that the Glazers have shown you over the last mm -hmm. decade what they're looking to do is to maintain Champions League football. That's the only thing that you ever see them um, be proactive on. Mm -hmm. Moyes mathematically can't get Champions League football and we're out of the Champions League. Bam! Bullet. Louis van Gaal, oh, you just won an FA Cup, did you? Cool, won out the Champions League. Bam! Jose Mourinho came sixth, won the Europa League. Well done. Came second. Well done. Looks like we're heading just into the abyss under him. Not going to get Champions League. Bam! Mm -hmm. Solskjaer's won uh, nothing and got two Champions League qualifications, just got a contract extension. What do you think they are looking to achieve? Mm. And, and to people who say to you, well, that's not... Uh, the standards of United should be nope, that. They're I, not your words. Okay. No, right. I completely okay. agree yeah. that we should be looking to try and push on beyond that. But I think that their business model, like if they, if you said to them, listen, lads, you can spend 75 million a season and come top four and pay all your fucking bills on it, mm -hmm. right? Or you could spend 200, 300 million a season, win the fucking lot. They'd be like, there's 75 million, enjoy. Yeah. 
I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. You know what's the scariest thing about that business bo- model of they're not going to do anything unless we f- we finish outside the top four and they'll be satisfied if Oli does that. It's the fact that I'm not sure top four is an absolute shoe in any way at the moment, the way that we play it. Mm. So I don't even think if he's... Off, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think even saying top four and he's safe means that he's out of the woods, like that's a guarantee because I don't think it is at the moment the way that we're going. And we've been taking the piss out of Arsenal for how long? Yeah, they win tonight. They're what? A point I, behind us or two, two points behind us? Under Jose. Yeah. Um, uh, he worked for Jose, actually. Um, and, he, and he was saying... The, the Glazers uh, won't, and he, he proved to be scarily accurate actually, the Glazers won't sanction his signings. They were trying to pressure him into signing younger players for the future, uh, and he weren't having any of it. And, uh, and he, he basically said, look, we're not asked about trying to win the league in the Champions League, we're just happy with top four. That's the problem. It's almost from the horse's mouth. Here's the, here's the other question then. So you think he's pretty safe until top four is unachievable because that's what the Glazers and the owners have shown to be their cut-off point. Not your ideal thing, but that's what we <laughs> we have seen. What chance do you think he has of turning around? Because, yes, he's done it before. We saw the Burnley game. We saw the Villa game. We've seen these great runs. We beat City, beat Spurs, beat we've City three. Some you know, seriously unbeaten runs some great out of nowhere yeah. as well. 19 unbeaten, I think, after the Arsenal game last season. Yeah. We need yeah. something like that now. But the expectation is higher than ever before. The pressure is higher than ever before. I think the unrest is higher than ever before. Mm. What chance do you actually think he has of turning this around? And, and when I say turn this around, challenging for trophies this season, because I think that is my measure of we're, we're doing all right here. We could probably still pick up an FA Cup or something like that without really getting out of second gear. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the truth. But ultimately, we, we should be measured on our challenge for and attempt to win the league. And I, I think I look at what we were talking about before. Liverpool look filthy at the minute yeah. scary good Manchester City are very very stable with what they're doing at the moment I know they've just lost Torres what is it for a couple of months potentially is it a mm-hmm. broken foot he's got not certain but yeah um, so they could be in a little bit of trouble it'd be very interesting to see I mean I, honestly half of me thinks Pep won't be asked because he, he don't really like strikers anyway I think mm. he'd rather play a 4-6-0 I reckon um, so I don't think he'll be overly asked about that or he'll try and fucking overthink it and come up with something. But his team's good enough to just cruise through because they'll dominate mm-hmm. and create chances. Fucking put one of us free up front. He'd probably be better than us, probably. But uh, you could put one of us free up front. We'd probably score for City a couple of goals at least. So I think a professional footballer's got half a chance of scoring goals mm-hmm. for him. And then I look at Chelsea and I think... They are in some sort of real machine sort of. Yeah, thing. it's like a machine. They're in full it, yeah. Chelsea mode, aren't they? This, like, in terms of that machine, only Chelsea really look like that thing. I know Liverpool and City have had more, you know, bigger point scoring seasons, but Chelsea under Conte, Chelsea under Jose, Chelsea's way of winning the league is like we're just big terminate and we it. just terminate it. Yeah, yeah we just sort just, of we're just fucking hard it. to we'll beat. Punch it? Through it. We're hard to beat. We'll punch through you. Um, so what it you're is, saying that's, so, that's so how that, I'd love to win a league so, so but, the, but my question then Stig what chance do you give him of turning this around uh, I think it's very slim for him to win the league very slim because you're not just up against City and you go do you know what if they in previous seasons we've seen them lose a company or someone like that and crumble um, I don't think they've got that in them at the moment I don't think there's one player holding them together Diaz is good but I don't think he's holding them together like company used to um, you've seen Liverpool completely crumble when they lost Van Dijk. I guess that's not out of the question. You know, he's, he's not really been fit for a long time. We don't know the long-term effects of his injury. Um, they've also got AFCON to deal with in January where they'll lose Mane and Salah. That could have a big impact on them. Mm-hmm. You only need to lose two or three games to be right off the pace in this league. So, you know, that could be a factor <laughs> they've got to deal with. Um, and I think Chelsea just look ridiculous at the moment. I think if you manage to split any of those three, you've probably had an all right season. And all, an all right isn't good. No, no, people just people just want black and white on. Yeah. You can't give black and white predictions because you don't know how it's going to go. If we lose nine nine of our players to injuries for the entire season and come fifth, it might be an achievement. Or we could have no more injuries, come fourth, it'd be a terrible achievement. Mm. So like you have no idea. You can only look back retrospectively. No, if I, the chance that I give him is similar. Slim to not much chance, to be honest. That's it. It looks grim because yeah. when I look at Oli now, it looks like a man that's searching for answers and he can't find them. Yeah, 
yeah. he's got a bit that's, of vibe about that at the moment. So that's what it looks like to me. But well, I mean, we've, we've all seen Man- uh, Manchester United managers leave the club, and that there has a similar feel to all of them. Jose, that feeling started in yeah. J- July and it ended in December. Yeah. Louis, it started Christmas, Christmas, yeah. and it ended in May. You know, and we are. I, I feel unfortunately like we are mm-hmm. starting to feel that again with Ole now, which is a shame. Um, and you know, like I said, there is a slim chance, but it's not looking good at the minute. We've got a few super chats. Um, David Briscoe says the ownership will only hire yes men. Good managers aren't yes men, so we'll end up with a Southgate type. They didn't hire yes men oh, in Louis and Jose, though, did they? No. David Briscoe also said a new manager wouldn't solve anything when the ownership won't pressure them to win trophies. That may be a point. I don't, I don't disagree with that because if you're pushing and pushing and pushing, do you risk injury? Do you risk falling out with players? Do you risk these things which can dismantle a team, or do you play it safe? Maybe. I'm not sure about that, but maybe. Uh, Abinav says 2-0 defeat to Burnley in January 2020 was the lowest. Yeah, I agree. But I agree in terms of where we looked as a team. I think it's the the problem with this time round is the some of the fans that were on his side before don't feel like Plus, they are anymore. The squad's infinitely better than it was. That's the I'd point. Love, do, do you know what? Let's have a look. We'll go back. I'll do it. And we need to wrap up because he's got to finish something. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind having a look at what the, the 11 in that team was because I, I reckon it'd be a lot different now. We'll maybe go over that later Ashley in the week. Young or Valencia and, that yeah. and, and Miles Van Eaton says, thank you guys, love the paddock. Thank you very much, Miles. Thank you, Miles. Do we have a Wally of the Week before we go? Tough this week. I'm just so sad about it. Man, Wally of the Week. This is like Man United, Is this like Donkey of the Day from Breakfast Club? Yeah, I'm so saying OJ Simpson because I'm in the middle of the people versus OJ Simpson. <laughs> when you say Wally of the Week, you mean Wally of 1997 or whatever it was? 94. 94. Donkey of the Week. <laughs> Fucking good series, that one. Like, wait, wait yeah, is it Wally of the Week? Yeah. It's just in general. Yeah. Usually football related. I but love don't have how to serious be. Ronaldo's taking this, by the way. Hey, have you watched that Tony Blair Gordon Brown documentary? No, pointless. Speaking of Wallys, there's a few on that. But it is uh, very going to get mad, though. I think you'd probably get mad. There's a quite a bit of defending of decisions going on. Yeah, some decisions that impacted me in a big way. That's the ones. That um, so, yeah, maybe <laughs> um, maybe that leadership uh, is what I'm going to go with. Wally, but it's a very good documentary. Listen, any watching. other veterans out there, don't do, don't do it to yourself around this time of year. Like, lead up to remembrance and bonfire night as a veteran is fucking disgusting. I must say that. I don't know how many of you are like me that sit there shaking like a shitting dog when the fireworks start. But don't. I'm not going to watch that until fucking Christmas or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, save it. Save it till after Christmas when you're you're feeling good. Um, Right. Thank you to everyone at home for joining us. We're in that tricky situation where every conversation about United has to be difficult at the minute. About the manager. Yeah, it's about the manager. It's about the future. Not looking good. Uh, But hopefully, book yourself a U-Haul. Yeah, we've got a uh, a game on Wednesday, which can maybe be the start of something. Thank you again, Ronaldo. Thank you, Steve. Thank you to everyone at home for joining us. We'll see you in a bit. Podcast Network.